With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Oh! Being more efficient. Escobar hit by the pitch. Looks like the lead elbow, the low tricep area, perhaps near the funny bone. Unfortunately, we just got the sense that this was inevitable at some point today. Taylor Motter has replaced Eduardo Escobar at third base. And you could tell from the moment he went ahead and took first base after being hit by a pitch that that right arm was not feeling well. So uh, the game started in the top of the first inning, and uh, Kyle Gibson uh, 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 buzzed J.D. Martinez, although it wasn't that close, but he hit the dirt, which gave the impression to the uh, Boston Red Sox that he was throwing at. So two out, nobody on, bottom of the first, here we go. I don't think Eddie was expecting it, Eduardo Escobar. He shouldn't but, have been. Uh, he got drilled with a fastball by Porcello right in the elbow I uh, batted twice, had to leave the game. After the game, manager Molitor was not happy that uh, Porcello threw at him. And uh, he, sure, he he said he wasn't sure what Porcello was trying to retaliate for. I think it was had to be the Martinez. First of all, they were pitching Martinez tight all the whole night, the the first two games of the series, but you got to keep it in on him because well, he loves the ball away. When you saw the pitch, it basically went over the inside line of the right-handed batter's box, and Kyle Gibson was just trying to back him off. He wasn't throwing at him but, in any way. But I I think they uh, it, it was the whole idea of crowding him. I'm not saying they were justified, but there's, there's a 100% chance Alex Korath told him to throw at the game. Of course he did. Yes. Yeah, and they, they had... Two outs, nobody on. First pitch, Twins' best hitter, or you know, one of the best hitter they got in the lineup because Rosario wasn't playing, and they hit him in the elbow. Uh, they say day to day is which they always say. Uh, Escobar's quote: "I respect Porcello a lot. He's one of the best pitchers. If he did it on purpose, I don't really know. I've never done anything against him. I was just trying to protect myself. Uh, I, I don't know what that means, uh, protect himself, but." Uh, uh, Eddie, anything you did to him had nothing to do with it. They no. were, they were, uh, they were, uh, you know, they were and this is the you. kind of crap they that were, I really I, I hate just, about I baseball. I was just going to go off, like, and, you know, maybe I'm a little more worked up because mm-hmm. Eddie's my guy. I yeah, love right, Escobar, right, you know, sure, but, but it's like, come on. I mean, why? What mm-hmm. What are you, what are you, if you're Alex Cora, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to prove here by yeah. telling Porcello to do that? Like, yeah. who, who cares? Like, get over it. Like, why? 
Why do you have don't to turn crowd this into, my guys? What he's I mean, telling it's, him. it's just it's so stupid. It's so they, they'd stupid. lost two games to the Twins. They hadn't gotten any runs. Martinez hadn't done anything, and. Uh, yeah, they're pitching him inside. And uh, they thought it was too far inside, so they go and hit Escobar. That's uh, uh, there are. Uh, I had no idea. I have no idea about Alex Cora's personality. If he's that kind of guy that's going to end up being like Tony Larusa and having having his pitchers retaliate for everything. And you wonder uh, how much of not. that was frustration from these past couple of games in which their lineup has been basically useless. And if this was in some way trying to fire up the team then that makes it even worse in my opinion i don't think it was that i think it was we got your back to jd martinez probably even though it's you know uh, one of my favorite stories ever as a ball writer was the yankee twins playing the yankees and jeff zahn was a uh uh left-hander who really had some two, three seasons of success somehow. He didn't throw hard at all, but he had a, he had a nice curveball. And Mock loved his curveball, and he'd end up getting 30-some starts a year. We were in Yankee Stadium one night, and Zahn threw a, uh, a, a curveball, and Reggie hit the dust. Reggie hit the dirt. Reggie bailed, dropped the bat, hit the bat. And the ball damn near was a strike. If Reggie hadn't hit the dirt, it would have been a strike. Mm-hmm. And... So, and then Reggie has to be restrained, you know, and he did, he wanted to be restrained, but he was up screaming and barking and pointing. So, uh, after the game, I went down to get in on the, the, uh, gang interview with Reggie and they actually, you know, we were, it was, we, we had replays then, you know, we 78, they were, they were showing replays, not, not great ones, but, but the replay ball wasn't anywhere near him you know it was a foot and a half away from his head and i said that to him. i said what why were you so upset uh, he said the ball was a foot and a half away from you and he went nuts <laughs> he was uh not happy with the fat boy from st paul i'll tell you that he was uh called me several names about uh about that but do you uh, remember at that point was reggie in in a slump or was he was he looking for an excuse to get mad yeah, he could have been. He could have been. Reggie was always he was always on stage. You know, he was oh, always yeah. on stage. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe he didn't want Jeff Zahn throwing any curveballs that started at him. You know, even though when they finished, it's if a, it had hit him in the neck, it couldn't have hurt him. <laughs> you know, I mean, Zahn was not. You know, you know, this wasn't hard, Randy Johnson. No, he was not a hard thrower at all. And I remember talking to him, and he said. I don't know what the hell he was doing. The ball missed him by two feet, you know. <laughs> but uh, he hit the dirt, and uh, this was this was kind of similar. J.D. Martinez, you know, they they've been crowding Martinez the whole series. He probably thought that ball was going to come more inside than it did. But then they go and get Escobar and hit him in the elbow. Rosario uh, said it's a hundred percent. He's playing tomorrow against uh, Texas, and uh, whether Eddie will be, I bet they end up giving Eddie one more day. Don't you? Probably. And, you know, the shame of it is, you know, the butt-kicking they had today, it kind of overshadowed. They took two or three from yes, the Red Sox. Yes, and yeah. just like in Cleveland. They, I mean, they started, you started with Cleveland and Boston and the pitchers you're facing to see them go four to two, four and two. Is, uh, Not bad. Kind of a tribute to the uh, starting pitching that has been pretty good. And Lance, Lance Lynn worked hard oh, last man, night. That was not easy. <laughs> that was five innings of grunt. That, the, the trouble with both him and Oda Rizzi is, you know they they haven't been bad. Oda Rizzi's been bad lately, 
But you never get more than five, six max out mm-hmm. of them. You never get. Oh, Rizzi never gets. Oh, Rizzi hadn't gone six yet. Right. Right. Once, no, maybe. he because the the, the first game the of the year, year yeah. yeah, he he pitched into the seventh against Baltimore. Yeah, he's had a couple that have been he never okay. gets, but he never. Most of the time, he doesn't get out. And of the he's one day. of those guys that's just trying to be too fine with everything. And I know he kind of has to because he doesn't have the velocity mm-hmm. that other guys do. But still, uh, anyway, they uh, yeah, uh, Escobar gets hit in the elbow, so we hope he's okay. He will be, and uh, it would. Uh, you know, it would not be good if they give it. Doesn't sound like they even bothered to X-ray it. So, anyway, uh, Twins lose. What was the final? Nine two. Nine two. They rallied for two runs. That's in the right. Bottom. Hey, we right. scored right. last. Right. We scored last. <laughs> yes, we did. Twins lose. Uh, Texas coming to town this weekend. Red Sox. Uh, as I said to the boys in the press box from Boston. Uh, Last night as I was leaving, enjoy that wild card game, fellas. Isn't that a shame? They're going to win 100 and some games. I said, the Yankees are going to win 115. You ready to win 115? I don't think so. So they'll be in that wild card game. We'll be back. Okay, this has never been tried before in uh, Twin Cities uh, Sports Talk uh, Radio. All right. uh, we're, we're, We're calling it the... Infamous Thursday twofer. <laughs> We're, this segment is not going to contain one story. No, no, no. It's going to contain two stories. That's right. Mm-hmm. One segment, two stories. Now, this isn't late hits. These are two hard-hitting stories that we will cover thoroughly, but in only one segment. I hope we can pull it off. I don't think that's ever been done before. I don't think we can pull it off. groundbreaking. Let's hope we can pull it off. I don't know whether to call it the infamous Thursday twofer or the notorious Thursday twofer. All right. But let's hear this. Hello? Hang on here. This isn't working. See? I knew we couldn't pull it off. I knew it was too risky. I knew it was just a... Test that we probably uh, might have a little trouble uh, getting rolling here. Uh, how's she looking there? I think you're going to have to introduce the topic. <laughs> that's how. That's how amazing this segment yes. is. Yes. Well, the first topic is the big controversy of the night. So controversial that when I looked at Twitter on my cell phone, and they kind of have the little cover of what's trending on it. What's trending? At uh, 10.30 this morning was that Kevin McHale had attended the Trump event in Duluth. Honest to God. 43 minutes ago, they posted that. And, of course, dozens, hundreds of uh, of uh, responses to this, uh, no matter who posted it out. You know, I think... The president of the United States is as, as crazy as anybody. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I'm as I'm as. It's been well documented I, on this show been, and been on well social media. Well documented, I think the guy's nuts. Okay, but <laughs> if Kevin McHale wants to go to his his pep fest in Duluth, who cares? Who cares? Now his wife Lynn. Uh, apparently, they found some stuff of hers on Twitter that she believes in some of the uh, right wing conspiracies, but. 
It's his wife, Lynn. Right? What I don't like where we're at in 2018 is that there is a group of people who have decided that they get to decide for everybody else yes. what they get yes. to think, what they get to feel, and what mm-hmm. they get to do. And that right there is a massive problem. This is to have this was this came from NBC Sports website. This when I saw it, when it popped onto mm-hmm. my, you know, with Mikhail. And what happened was the Star Tribune had a photo of Trump standing in the middle and the crowd was kind of around him. It was mm-hmm. like he was on a stage in the middle. And somebody must have took out the microscope to see who might be oh there. And there was a woman holding up a Women for Trump sign. And uh, and Kevin was, it was obviously Kevin, but just sitting there with a bemused well, look that, on his face. Well, that, and he's 6'10", he might he was, stand he out amongst the crowd. He was sitting there with a bemused look on his face. You know, it wasn't like he's or anything. He's just kind of watching the whole spectacle. But there's a group yeah. of people that want him fired. I know what what Whatever. is wrong with these people. I, I don't know. You know, it's uh, it's 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 incredible. Uh, well, yeah, and I, you heard the other part of this too up in Duluth. I don't remember if Joe brought this up with you yesterday. Uncle Louie's restaurant. Yes. They ho- they hosted or not even hosted. They had the audacity to serve crew members of either it was Fox News. Just they were doing business. Dinner. Yeah, and no. now people want the restaurant shut down. <laughs> what is wrong with you people? I, yeah, it uh, is. A, it's an interesting world we live in. You know, Kevin's politics are are uh, are not a problem, and I mean it, it's it's not something that has a big impact on anyone's life. And but the fact that here, who who else? So what if he showed up at a Bernie Sanders rally? Was were we gonna? Were the right wingers going to go after go him? Crazy, yeah. you know, get him off TNT because MLNBA.com. It was uh, it was amazing to me that it was a story, and in fact, I saw the photo of the strip, and apparently, if you look through the microscope, you can find one black person in the in the place. But I said, impressive diversity, diversity. at <laughs> Trump, you know, and yeah. now. Uh, it, I ended up in the, in this big debate about, uh, you know, the, the diversity part of the thing, but, you know, Kevin McHale, if his wife's got some tweets, which I guess she took off her account, that's, that's not him. That's, that's his wife, right? And he went to the, and he went to the rally. Okay. Let's get on with our lives. And the problem is, is the president decides to feed the wolves with his activity on social media because now everything is instant Mm -hmm. and that we have lost the ability of conflict resolution in this country. It's it's not everybody. It's not everybody. It isn't. It isn't. But there's 20% of, no, there's probably more than that. I think it's more than that. There's 30% of the Trump people who are going to hate you if you don't like Trump. Yep. And there's 30% of the non-Trump people who are going to hate, hate you if, if you, you do, do like Trump. Trump. Yeah. And then there's like 40 the rest of us. 40% of us <laughs> who just say, yeah, that idiot's even a Trump backer. But we say it jokingly. Right. You know? Yeah. And I we, got family members. You know? That's the way it goes. And we don't let it affect one second of our day. No. No, with the fact that Kevin McHale was at a Trump rally, 
the fact that it's a a conversational thing uh, in the in the media right now is an embarrassment I, to America. I saw it and I was like, oh, Mikhail was at the Trump rally. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? You All know right. what's shocking? That a white guy in his sixties was a Trump supporter. There wasn't many, and there aren't many of those out there. If he didn't have white guys in their sixties, he wouldn't be the president of the United States. Okay, that's, uh, let's let's get that straight. But this is a twofer. There's a twofer. Let's yes. have the other one. Barry had a, a contract uh, clause that stated if we won a Stanley Cup, his contract would be extended uh, two years at an increased rate. And uh, I think we our discussions with his representative centered around that and what he was looking to accomplish through negotiations. Um, so we had several discussions on what they were looking for and about the existing contract. And we weren't able to come to an agreement. Well, it didn't take long to get what he was looking for. Three days not. later, Barry Trotz, the, uh, the coach of the Washington Caps, after 15 years with the Predators, right? He came into Washington. He was their first coach, yeah, right? he was their first coach. He came in, and uh, he, uh, you know, he turns down the two-year, the the automatic uh, renewal was two years, four million total. And now, they, they probably would have sweetened it, but they didn't want to give him long-term because mm-hmm. apparently they're... It, it can't be the fact they let him go through the entire season without getting an extension indicates that there wasn't sweetness and light and no. happiness there among the uh, the administration, the, the hockey administration and Barry Trotz. But Lou Lamorello, who can't give it up, man, he was in Toronto. They let him go in Toronto. 75 years old, lands with the Islanders after they finally fire Gar Snow. <laughs> Boom. Trots three days later, four years, twenty million dollars to coach the New York Islanders. So uh, Barry Trotz didn't didn't take long. Barry's now, got a little bit of cleaning up to do, though. Doesn't with that club? That's, uh, with that with that team, aren't they kind of a yeah, mess right now? Yeah, well, they've they got some. I mean, they got some pieces, but two I mean, years like ago they made the playoffs, right? And then I last so, year they, yeah. had a, they went backwards. But and they're uh, not. Did they get? Kicked out of Barclays Center? Are they going they're back moving, to their going no, back they're to their building old arena? A, they on their own. They're building a new arena out okay. on out on the island. I think they're in the Barclays Center again this year, but I think they're moving out there, and that's okay. one reason they want to make a big splash that, with the new coach. That mm-hmm. thirty for thirty on the Islanders is fascinating. How the guy oh, the, came in, oh, the guy bought was, the club, the but just was, one issue: he had, sold the club, he had no he had money, no yeah. money, and he was a, <laughs> and he was basically a uh, a crook. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But he bamboozled everybody. Yeah, and he kept and and he and he tells it he kept he kept waiting for the NHL to look at his stuff and call him on right. it, and they never did. <laughs> he said, "Oh my <laughs> God, they're letting me go through with this." <laughs> Yeah, you got to watch that one. What oh, was God. the name of it? Uh, something Island. I can't remember. Yeah. But if you, it's 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 a thirty oh, for thirty. God, the guy great. wrote the t- bought the team, and he couldn't buy breakfast. No, you know he didn't have any money. He was this legendary uh, Dallas or Texas oil tycoon or whatever yeah. he was, completely made up, oh. and he got away with it. Yeah, it was incredible. Now they have uh, a tech guy with a lot of money. Yeah. I think so. Anyway. Uh, there it was. We we only had one little glitch in the uh, in the uh, <laughs> in the Thursday twofer. Infamous Thursday twofer. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be here next Thursday. I'm going to be on my way to Chicago for the Twins and the uh, 
and the Cubs. So uh, we'll, we'll probably have two weeks to work on it. Beautiful. To smooth it out. The, we'll stir it up. The infamous Thursday twofer never tried previously on <laughs> Twin City Sports Talk Radio. Johnny Height with the casualty report from Target Field. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Uh, this update sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Head into Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $60 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Coupon required. Restrictions and exclusions apply. Details at driveafirestone.com. Twins lose to the Red Sox at Target Field this afternoon, 9-2. Still end up taking two, though, from Boston. Uh, tomorrow, the Texas Rangers are in to open up a three-game weekend series at Target Field. Uh, did you see uh, uh, the big uh, the big sexies pitch? I love it. Yes, Sunday. Yes. I'm going to have to go to the yard Sunday. Mm-hmm. We should that. like present him with a pie or something. before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did he they, break? They gave the rocking chair to uh, Mar- Mar- Mariano. And, uh, yeah. my, God, who was the guy that came idea, up with that idea? My idea, idea oh, okay. basically. Still waiting to be honored. <laughs> Didn't he pass Marischal, by the way? Uh, yes. yes. Last he did. start, right? Yes. Last win. I mean. And he's only, th- the, there's another. Uh, he's two behind Dennis Martinez. Dennis Martinez has the Maybe. most for a Latin American. Player. Maybe you give Bartolo like a big tub of Sweet Martha's cookies. Oh, yeah. that'd be good. There we go. That's true. He'll like that. Yes. Uh, in that ball game today, by the way, uh, Eddie. sitting on the bench, bunt munching <laughs> between innings. Eddie Rosario did not start. He's got a shoulder strain. And Eduardo Escobar hit in the elbow by a pitch. He is, according to the team, day-to-day with an elbow contusion. And he told reporters he's 100% to play tomorrow. You know, one of my favorite memories of uh, Bartolo's run here with the local lads was in the middle of a stressful inning. It might have been against the Brewers last year when he just started playing catch with himself. Yeah, he does <laughs> right behind the mound. God, did that make me laugh. That was so great. Uh, other games today, Yankees beat Seattle 4-3. to Aaron Judge with his 19th home run. Oh, man, they're good. Uh, Oakland and the White Sox postponed in Chicago, and right now Colorado and the Mets are playing. Was it raining, or did the White Sox just say to hell with it? They we don't want to play. <laughs> they called it very early okay. today, so they must have had rain all day mm-hmm. in Chicago. Uh, Colorado leads the Mets 5-2 to two that I morning. I didn't realize Kansas City's like three games behind the Whiteys. They're brutal. Yeah. yeah. They're 22-40, uh, and 40, no, 24-49, and 49, I think. Oof, not good. Uh, the Twins have a connection to the managers in this year's Futures game. David Ortiz will manage the world team in the All-Star wow. Futures game, and Tory Hunter will lead the U.S. Oh. team. Oh, I always thought that the home team supplied those for the Futures game. They're the host, the host team, I should say. So... Because, you know, Bert was one of them. When, no, the, when the... Yeah, Obviously, you were wrong. Right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. You were one of the rare times you were wrong. That's true. It doesn't happen <laughs> often right. on these airwaves. I think uh, you're still rattled from the uh, infamous Thursday twofer. And unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately Kenny just missed, missed that shot. Yeah, yeah, that he just took it. I was wrong rivers. about something, Kenny. Yeah, shocking. Major League Baseball did announce the managers today. The game, July 15th in Washington, D.C. This is the 20th Futures game involving top minor league prospects. The U.S. team leads the series 12-7. First all-star game in the nation's capital since 1969. Remind me, because I know you've been. Are you a fan of that ballpark? Yeah, I like it a lot. Is it down? Is it right downtown? Or where no, does it no, sit? it's out in the old Naval Yard. It's, okay. It's out of ways. St. Paul Saints back home tonight playing the Winnipeg Golden Eyes at CHS Field. It's NBA Draft Day. During tonight's beer show, cut in, bring you the number one pick and draft coverage right after the beer show. It's all tonight 
right here at 1500 ESPN. The well, most, you'll have a couple of draft experts and myself have, and Mr. Uh, Fratelloni. By the way, they have both uh, the uh, famous Chili Dog Place and uh, Shake Shack at the, uh, really? at the uh, ballpark in National Park, yes. Hmm. Wow. Uh, the Does Wolves. that chili dog outweigh the Cincinnati chili dog? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> its most famous uh, promoter was Bill Cosby. So it, but, oh, but, ah, yeah. but okay. much like Chick Fil A, I'm not going to let those kind of you know politi- uh, sure. a political stance or a guy's personal behavior affect my food intake. So sure. you know. I'm still eating Chick Fil A because you're an American. If, I'm I'm still eating Chick Fil A even if they do uh, oppose gay rights. Okay, so then I can still eat Jello pudding, huh? That's is that right. what you're telling are me. They, yeah, are they, are they? Are they? Oh, that was Bill Cosby's that was Cosby. Big, remember, he, oh, he was the big spokesperson. Right. He yeah. did their yeah. ads Go for ahead. twenty Go years. Ahead. Yes. Yeah. Uh, another uh, one NHL note. Uh, of course, you talked about this Pat during that unique uh, segment you just ran the yeah. Thursday the Thursday twofer. <laughs> the New York Islanders have hired Barry Trotz as their new head coach. Uh, the president of hockey operations, Lou Lamorello, announced the move today as the NHL draft uh, at the NFL draft. NHL draft. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> uh, two weeks after Trotz won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals, three days after he resigned from the job, uh, Trotz reportedly agreed to a five-year deal worth double what he would have made annually on a shorter contract with the Capitals. In the past 40 years, Trotz is just the fifth coach not to come back to a Stanley Cup winner and the first since Scotty Bowman retired after winning with Detroit in 2002. Mike Keenan in 1994 was the last coach to leave a Cup champion in a contract dispute when he did not return to the New York Rangers. Johnny, thank you very you much. You bet. Jace Frederick covers the Timberwolves for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. This will be the longest draft wait in the Timberwolves history here for quite some time, sir. Pat, I had not thought about that. That's a great point. I, I <laughs> usually, looked it up to see the last time they picked this late. Usually, uh, you guys can, uh, you know, you, you know who they drafted about oh, 8 o'clock. Could be 10, 10, 30 tonight, and they might end up trading it, don't you think? Yeah, I think that's a... Decent possibility. Obviously, you could look maybe to move down more picks. A lot of the guys from like 20 to 40 are considered by a lot of people to be pretty similar talents, but I really think that they, they should be looking. I think they are looking to, to try to shed some salary because as far as the cap goes, if they're really trying to get any better this summer, they need to free up some money to, to add some pieces. So. Yeah, I, I think they would uh, get killed uh, locally if they uh, got rid of Georgie and uh, and and the twentieth, and then got nothing in return. But uh, that that could be a possibility too, because you don't, I don't you don't know what's what's uh, in uh, Tibbs' mind right now. This draft doesn't do all that much for me. I'm not terribly excited about any player except maybe the uh, the Slovenian kid. I'd like to see him to see if he's as good as they say he is. Yeah, Doncic is very. I think he's really exciting. I mean, I've liked a lot of the film I've seen on him. I think he has a chance to be to be pretty special. And obviously, he's going to go in the in the top five or so tonight, uh, almost certainly. But yeah, you just. I mean, with the Wolves, I know like if, if they traded twenty and Zhang, and it was just a dump salary, and you don't gain any players. I know that doesn't look good, but like if you're trying to get any better, I mean, right now, if you look at it, they right now their pieces are this summer the mid level exception, which is like. Eight point six, eight point eight, somewhere there, million dollars they can spend in free agency and this draft pick. Well, that's not enough just to like replace the pieces you're probably going to lose in free agency, let alone actually improve the team. So, 
money is the best way. Is usually the fastest path to improving your team. So they've got to find a way to free it up. Hey, Jace, uh, when they get rid of Aldrich, are you already figuring what they're saving five there? Is that uh, does that help at all? Barely moves the needle. Uh, I mean, like they're over the cap. So yeah, it's just, I right. Mean, like it's maybe may helping towards staying under like the luxury tax stuff like that, but it's not freeing up any actual cap space that you can go spend on somebody. So they're going to lose every media member's favorite player and not gain much out of it. Uh, Jamal. <laughs> Jamal is pretty great too. Um, oh, Cole, oh, Cole Aldridge, great guy, and always yeah. well rested after the game. He wasn't. And, he wasn't exhausted. He wasn't too exhausted to talk to the uh, media. So no, but he always was one of the first people out of it. Like, <laughs> I don't. Need, I mean, he must have been like the fastest shower in, in basketball history because by the time Tibbs was done, he was out of the locker room. It was amazing how uh, it, of, of the of all the odd things Tibbs has done, signing him and then not ever playing him is uh, really weird. Yeah, it, Cole kind of got the short end of the stick in the sense that, yeah, the big man's kind of been phased out of the NBA, especially the type of big man that Cole is. But, I mean, he played like four minutes a half even when he first came here, and he was playing those minutes with Shabazz Muhammad. So, like, those minutes always kind of looked like a train wreck, but a lot of it had to do with the other people on the court. And then that was just kind of it. That was just kind of then, like, kind of pushed to the end of the bench, and that was kind of it. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to it's been an odd tenure, I think, here in Minnesota. Is he, uh, well, uh, I suppose he'll hang around, see if somebody else wants to give him a job, too, huh? Absolutely. He's always told me he wanted to play at least 10 years, I think, uh, and I don't know what he's at now, seven or eight. So I, I definitely think he's he plans on uh, playing more. And, and I, I would just think, you know, before coming here, he was productive enough where I think somebody will give him something, at least on a minimum level deal. What is interesting is Thibodeau is saying that the uh, NBA has changed and he liked that small lineup with uh, Jimmy Butler playing uh, playing the four. And uh, he's, uh, I don't know if this means a big change in philosophy for him, but it certainly does indicate that what they're going to be bringing in is uh, another wing player or two. Well, it has to be. You look at their roster right now and the guys who are on guaranteed contracts for next season who are wing players are Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler. That's it. So... You can talk about playing all you want and, and everything, but you, you need to do it. I mean, you need wings. You need at least, like, three wings to play a small ball lineup, and right now they have two total. So, they, I mean, if they any pick they use to draft tonight, I would think all the way across the board, if they take two picks like they're playing now, if they take three, I would think they will, they're going to all be wings because they are in such desperate need of players who can just play the wing, who can defend perimeter positions, who can hit the outside shot. That That has to be the primary focus in the draft, probably has to be the primary focus in free agency. I mean, that's that is a very obvious need for them that needs to be addressed because it was a huge issue even last year. It will be interesting to see if the Towns uh, uh, signing uh, for the Max contract last lingers as long as the Wiggins did uh, all through the summer. Uh, if if there's negotiations to be done here, or if he'll just sign it. Yeah, and and Wiggins was real last year because it sounds like like the contract was just sitting there. He just wasn't coming in and signing it. I don't know if it's too far of a drive or what. But uh, <laughs> well, he had the new agent and uh, no agent, know. no agent. No, he, went, he went without an agent down the stretch. He just fired his agent, uh, and that was it. And he was kind of like representing himself. But Towns, yeah, I mean, and his is I think he think he's eligible to make even more because he made uh, the All NBA yes. team this summer. So. I mean, if they pay him that max, max, that's a really high dollar figure, uh, which is really going to squeeze them moving forward in the future. Now, I'm not saying you don't pay him it because I think he's the franchise's future one way or another here for these next few years, maybe five, ten years. But, uh, man, that's that's only going to make a tight salary cap situation even tighter. What's your read on uh, Wiggy, Wiggy, our, our buddy Wiggy? Uh, the, the fact that it, the one thing I keep saying is, 
Okay, he doesn't care. He's uh, blah, blah, blah. By the way, he's missed one game in four years. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> you know, that's true. I mean, like, you, whenever people talk about, you know, what's the, the number one ability you can have is availability or whatever that, that Durability, is. yeah. Bud says yeah. Uh, durability is just as important as ability, you know. Yeah, and, and Wiggins has definitely has that. And, you know, I think what he's done is he's done just enough. He's shown just enough flashes for people to think, oh, maybe he's figuring it out. And I think, like, even you saw it at the beginning of that Houston series, he was the best player on the court there for a couple of games for Minnesota. And I think even that, even though the front office kind of holds on to that enough, like, well, maybe, you know, and maybe that's that playoff run's going to spark his offseason a little bit. I think it really has created some pause, like, well, should we try to move Andrew Wiggins or, or should we hold out? Is there something there? Maybe he's starting to figure it out. We don't want to give up on him too early. I think he just consistently does just enough to show enough flashes once or twice a week or a month, and, and it just makes everybody kind of, you know, pause for a second because those flashes are still pretty spectacular. Uh, with the, I still think the biggest problem this team has is getting Butler and Wiggins to play together. <laughs> they got to figure out what they're trying to do with the two of them on the court because they, you know, Wiggins is going to have to get the ball a little more often if it's going to work. I think. Yeah, it's really weird because, like, a their personalities don't seem to mesh, and b their games don't seem to mesh. Wiggins should be playing next to a pure shooter, or Butler should be playing next to a pure shooter. You saw in the playoffs that game three where they beat Houston. Their offense looked really good uh, that night because Wiggins and Butler were hitting outside shots. Like you can see, their offense works when they when they play next to shooters. But you can't have two wings who are both very streaky up and down, just not consistent outside shooters because that's not their game. Um, I'm not. I, I still don't entirely see those two working next to each other. Uh, but I. I mean, at this point, it kind of looks like that's the plan riding into next year, which which is why if you're going to go small, then that other wing player who you have, if Butler's at the four and Wiggins is at the three, then the two has got to be able to help space the floor. I mean, I just think playing, as long as you play Wiggins and Butler next to each other, you're probably not going to be a great three-point shooting team. Jason, it's Manny. My question for you is this. I know Derrick Rose played pretty well and showed some flashes in the in the in the Rocket series. But is Tibbs really considering bringing him back and, you know, bringing him back on a deal that would eat into the mid-level? Yeah, I think that, I mean, they are, they are absolutely interested in bringing him back. I think <laughs> oh, they really goodness. liked what they, got, what they got out of him last year in the playoffs. And I think a lot of people did. Now, exactly what is that going to be? I mean, if, if he's eating up half of your mid-level exception, that puts you in a really tight spot. But right. we'll, see what, we'll see what Rose's market is. There hasn't been a lot of talk about exactly what other teams might be interested in giving him. I mean, if you can keep him... Generally, I mean, say he eats up like, I don't know, if you, if you get him for the minimum, I think that's a slam dunk. Right, that's what uh, I was thinking. But, you know, if, it's, if it's, it's getting to the point where he's eating up half that mid-level, then that's kind of a tougher decision, and you have to see what else your options are in terms of who you can actually get with that mid-level and who wants to come here. But uh, they're definitely interested in bringing him back. They definitely liked what he brought to him last year. If you get him at a real low figure, you wonder if uh, you're going to get more than about 30 games out of him because i I got a hunch those injuries will linger a little more if he's not being well compensated. So uh, anyway, that's the risk. Well, you have a good wait over there tonight. uh, you, You can go out to the Target Field Station and hang out with the fans there, sir. That's true. I'll just get my free pizza from the media room, and then I'll head down and hang out with the fans, and maybe I'll bring down a box for the fans. All right. All right. Have a good evening, sir. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Jace Frederick covers the uh, Timberwolves for the Pioneer Press. 
Yeah, it's been a long time since they had to wait for the Wolves to draft 20th, right? Uh, now, in those 14 years in the lottery, 13 years in the lottery, did they trade? Were they not? There were a couple of years where they, they didn't, didn't have, have a one. first rounder. Yeah. yeah, there was one where they remember the Al Jefferson trade when they traded yeah. Al Jefferson to mm-hmm. Utah and got Utah's pick. But then they used that pick, I think, to get like Chase Budinger or well, something. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you're watching the draft tonight and you're kind of upset at the Timberwolves and everything that's going on, just remember it wasn't Tibbs who traded for a gave away a number one for Adrian Payne. Yep. All right. We'll be back. Please, we'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. Rivellino, watch Pelle now. What a beautiful goal called Pelle. El Rey Pelle. 100 goals for Brazil in World Cup competitions, and Brazil take this 1 0 lead. That must be right from the site of the World Cup Championship on June 21st, 1970, in Mexico City, sir. Yes, that was the first that goal was of Pelé's that game. Yeah. first goal. Uh, Brazil defeated Italy 4-1. to one. Uh, The game was played in Aztec Stadium in Mexico City. 112,000 were there Woo. for that contest. And uh, the game was uh, supposed to be uh, a match between Italy's conservative style and Brazil's beautiful game, as they call That's where the name comes from. They mm-hmm. played the beautiful game. Uh, but it rained the night before, turning the field damp and slow. Everybody thought that might help Italy, but lo and behold, it didn't. 18 minutes in the game, uh, midfielder Roberto Rivellini directed a crossing pass towards the front of the goal, and Pele, all five foot seven of them, put in a header over the Italian defenders, and the route was on. Actually, they Italy did tie it 1-1. And then in the second half, Pele passed to a teammate, Nunez, for a goal to make it 2-1. to one. Six minutes later, uh, Pele scored again 3-1, to 4-1 to one final. The 1970 World Cup was the third championship for Pele and the Brazilians. They were the first team to win three. And you guys knew that. Well, of course. But mm-hmm. you didn't know they received the Jules Remet Trophy. <laughs> the only ever team to receive the Jules Remet Trophy as a winner of three World Cups. Now, Germany has won three, but they got a different trophy. They didn't get the <laughs> Jules Remet Trophy. Only one so. team gets the Jules. And Pelé, of course, played out here and drew 55,000 people. Oof. And uh, it was uh, it was uh, quite a night. Yes, it was.